So we were just going back to class and I literally hear this like explosion next door. Oh shit, I, I got no clue what to do. Hi everyone, my name's Amel and you're listening to Pally Talks, the stories of Palestinians that go beyond the headlines. For our first episode, we're listening to the story of Mahmoud. Mahmoud, tell me a little bit about yourself. First of all, um, my name is Mahmoud Abu Marzouk. I'm from Palestine, Gaza specifically. Okay, let's start from, yeah, when I was young. So, uh, when I was young, I wanted to do as many hobbies as I wanted. I did uh, horse riding, I did swimming, I played soccer, basketball. Like, I don't know, whenever there's like a sport that's like exciting enough, that's not cricket, um, I'm happy to join. And then horse riding was was weird one because it's actually a huge culture in, in Gaza. Like, it is quite complicated because even though, like, Gaza, the place that everyone knows, yes, that's the place that, that had experienced three wars in six years. Yes. Um, it's the same place that, like, yes, it's under siege. It's all that stuff. But at the same time, as a Palestinian growing up in Gaza, that becomes the, the benchmark or that becomes the normal. Uh, you get desensitized for everything else. And so you have to carry out your life or you have to like live your life to the best possible, regardless of the circumstances. And whenever you get a reality check, you do like remember, okay, yes, um, I can't go horse riding this Sunday because it's, uh, it's war. But once that's over, you're like, that's it, back to life. Um, so in 2008, it was basically first war. I was a um, nine-year-old Mahmoud in f- fourth grade, uh, just, you know, hanging out at, at, at school with his um, cousin. It was like literally during the day and we were, I think, second uh, floor and we were just waiting for like fifth period to start. And then I hear this explosion. It was so bad that it sent my cousin down the stairs. Like he got thrown out that down the stairs. I, I managed to like glitch on a, on a, on the stairs or something. Um, and then I realized, oh shit, okay. I've, I, I don't know what's gonna, what's, what's going on. I know this is like Israel, but I was like, I have, I, I got no clue what to do. Um, so what we did is like, everyone went to the principal's um, room. It was, the entire school was there. I looked at I looked at the room and I was like, okay, there's no way I will be able to call my parents right now. But with all honesty, it was like really scary. But just my flight or fight response just kicked in, and I somehow like knew that I was supposed to like just take my cousin and just go to his house because uh, things are about to get really ugly. So I took my cousin. We were the same age, by the way. So I took my cousin and we ran. And I was like, look, I know where your place is. It's closer than my place. Let's just run there. It doesn't matter. Whatever happens, happens. But let's just go. Uh, I took him and we literally just like ran to that place. Um, and once we got there, we got safely, alhamdulillah. Um, and then I called my dad from his place. And then my dad came. I uh, He took me and then we went back home and that was literally the event that led to a 20 war a 21 day long war in 2008 i i experienced a lot of uh, different like let's call them unique experiences in in during wars but that one 
was literally the first time I realized like I live in a just a war zone. At least 25 Palestinians have died and hundreds have been injured during protests on the border between the Gaza Strip and Israel. Breaking developments in the Middle East as clashes flare again in the Gaza Strip. Explosions rocked the streets of Gaza City overnight as Israeli airstrikes intensified. A few years ago, over 30,000 Palestinian laborers from Gaza used to use this crossing point to get into Israel and work. Now the crossing is completely close to them. And while the world concentrates on the food and supplies that can't get into Gaza, the other unfolding tragedy are the people that can't get out. It's a tough period. People die, of course, people die during wars. But I, I honestly, like, I lived forward. So by the time it was like the second, third, that's it. Like, I was like, okay, just like there's the World Cup every four years, there's just like this war every two to three years. But during the war, it is stressful. It's, it's hard, it's scary, especially for like, for 15 year old me, 12 year old me, nine year old me, like it was, it was tough. But I always was like, I always was this person that was like, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like whatever, whatever happens, happens. Um, other people like my mom, for example, like they never got used to it. It was always scary. It was always like the first time. But then you also remember that, oh wait, not only did we just experience war, we're only going back to this blockade or like siege that has been going on since 2007. And it's just like, oh, we're still here. My dad actually graduated like from the US and he came back to, to Gaza in the 90s when Gaza was relatively okay at the time, meaning that even though there was an Israeli presence inside Gaza, there was some sort of cooperation between the Palestinian government at the time and Israel to um and it was sort of like okay people were allowed to go out people were allowed to come in um it was just relatively easier than now so my dad decided to come back to Gaza and he was like look what's the worst that can happen I'll just you know get married um try to build a life and if things don't go well I'll just go out again and go back somewhere else well that was not that didn't work because um when a specific political party took over Gaza in 2007, Israel was not happy about that. They uh, got out of Gaza, uh, but not really, because they, they always uh, had presence at the borders. They controlled all the exits and whatnot. So my dad realized, all right, it's been this many years. Alhamdulillah, he managed to build a business there. He managed to succeed relative to, to other people. Um, but at the same time, he, he, he was constantly thinking about his kid's future. And he realized that if, if he wants us to have future, he will just have to like take a sacrifice and just take us all out. Sometime around 2013, my dad uh, s sat down with me and told, told me that there might be a chance we're coming to Australia. From my perspective, it was amazing, of course, because the, the idea of going out of Gaza was always a dream for everyone. I love Gaza. I'm pretty sure everyone, everybody loves Gaza, but at the same time, 
you gotta face reality. It's not the best place to be at. So everybody always had has this unified dream that like everybody had to go out of Gaza and just you know somewhere else, any anywhere, but Gaza. Everything was different. It's it's like comparing uh, bicycles to like cars. I mean, yes, they're both like modes of mobility, but which one would you choose? Um, a car. Uh, but at, it, that wasn't actually like what I envisioned when I came here. It was actually like the 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 idea that I've got a lot of work to do. Like I knew that I that I came here, and now I have this um, expectation that I need to succeed because I was privileged to come here because my dad made a decision and sacrificed everything he had in Gaza. So now I have this, um, this expectations on my shoulders that I need to succeed as opposed to someone who was born here and there is no, there is no benchmark they can uh, compare it to. Like whenever I looked at anything, I'm like, okay, so how can I utilize this privilege and this opportunity that I've got to, to make myself like a better person? And how can I turn that into something that I somehow I can use to help my people in Gaza? Because till this day, I really like miss my, my friends and family. But I know that it's better for me here. And I know that I will be able to help them and my country and my city. Of, of Palestine and Gaza um, by being here rather than being there. A few months before um, coming to Australia, my dad decided, you know what, this is going to be the first and last time we visit any any city um, in Palestine before we go to Australia. So like, let's just make the most out of it. Um, and so we basically like went uh, Jerusalem, like Hebron, um, Akka, Haifa, like all these cities, they were all just amazing. Like it was actually my first and last time I visited any other city in Palestine. To be honest, like when we went there, I realized, okay, now I know why Israel wanted to take over Palestine. Like I get it now. It made me, it, especially when you go through the, the, the narrow streets of, of Jerusalem, you, you realize that we're doing this for something that that's bigger than us um, and you feel grateful that you get the opportunity to fight for for such a cause um, even if that means you're gonna have to like sacrifice a lot of things you, you like you never feel like okay um like I'm fighting for nothing or like I've been I've been sacrificing all these things for 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 for, for nothing or I've, I've lost all my years or, or, or whatnot the exact opposite is what you feel um, like you feel yeah you feel connected to the land you like it gives you a perspective that okay this is what you're fighting for You just heard the story of Mahmoud, and that's the end of our first episode of Pally Talks. If you enjoyed it, I really encourage you to leave a review on wherever you're listening to this podcast app and share it along with a friend so more people can hear these stories. We'll be back soon with another story of a Palestinian. But until then, this is your host Amel, signing off.